Offscript with Super E recommends listener discretion as these real but sometimes uncensored stories can be filled with mature content. You're listening to Offscript with Super E. This is your host, A Train. And I'm here with the star of the show. Super E. What's up, A-Train? How you doing? I'm doing just fine. What's happening with you? Not much of anything. Just getting ready to do another episode. Okay. Well, I'm going to tell you, we got a uh, request from uh, one of our listeners. Wants to know about some interesting car chases that maybe you had in your career. You got anything? Oh, I've got uh, several several of them. Back in the day, car chases were a lot different than they are today. Right. Today, you know, you got all these rules and regulations. Back then, if somebody was, if they just took off, you had to go after them and stop them because you had no idea why they were running. Exactly. So uh, a chase comes to mind when I was an extremely brand new rookie okay. and uh, on, on my own. and. I was working the side of town called George Sector, and it was about four in the morning. And I was driving down the road, and I saw a uh, brand new Pontiac Trans Am that was red. Okay. Stopped in the middle of the street. He was facing northbound, and a piece of shit '72 green Chevy Impala was facing southbound. The Chevy Impala. Was belching out smoke, looked like it was ready to croak at any time. But I thought, man, that Trans Am looks like brand new. Yeah, that's a little suspicious. And yeah, and it was just, you know, we even as a young rookie, you had them gut feelings. And uh, my gut feeling was telling me one of those cars was stolen, and it wasn't the piece of shit Impala belching out exhaust smoke. So this was, and I was, thought, this, was this in like the 80s? This was about 1985, early okay. uh, spring of 1985. Yeah, I think the train games were pretty popular back then. Yeah, started. they were very popular back then. So yeah. instead of wasting a bunch of time, because I was heading southbound, and the Trans Am was facing northbound, I didn't want to get behind it and try to get the plate because, you know, it would make them suspicious. So all I decided to do was, when I was about mm, 30 yards from them, I just flipped on the lights. And if nobody did anything, I was just going to turn left on the upcoming street and mind my own business. Okay. So I just flip on the redheads. Uh-huh. And the piece of, shit, piece of shit Impala just sat there smoking and stuff, didn't move. Pontiac Trans M dropped it in gear, and he dropped the hammer, and he took off northbound and flew right past me, and then he turned right and was going eastbound. Okay. And it the okay i said okay it's on so i immediately got in right behind him and you know this back in the day it was just like the dukes of hazard all of a sudden i could hear banjo music you know <laughs> hillbilly car chase music <laughs> and everything turns into hazard county oh yeah when you're in a car chase because i'm like george a2 control go ahead george a2 in pursuit 1985 Pontiac Trans Am, big dog, badass 350. 
And right then the dude heads down an alley. He turns right down an alley. He's doing about a hundred miles an hour and he's blasting rocks, gravel and smokes all in my face. I can't even see what's going on. I can barely see the taillights and he's moving. And it's right as I'm trying to deal with that control comes back again, hazard County (laughs) control George a two. go ahead. Control. Confirmation stolen 1985 Pontiac Trans Am, badass 350 fuel injected. And I said 10 4 control. And then as I'm trying to deal with that, all of a sudden I can see them taillights of that Pontiac Trans Am through the smoke. Okay. What what happens? It's just start floating up in the air like it's heading off into space, like ET on his bicycle. And I'm like, I don't remember a hill there or you know there's no gigantic hill or anything you know around here why is the car levitating the taillights levitating as i was trying to figure that out i had to reduce it down to about 40 miles an hour because of the smoke and as i'm trying to wrap my brain about the uh taillights i come out of the smoke and gravel and less than 10 feet from me is a telephone pole that is that would be, was right in front of that uh, alley exit, okay. and I'm heading into it head on. I'm like, holy shit, I'm gonna die! Mm-hmm. And I immediately, I immediately cut the wheel to the right, and the driver's side of my '84 Impala yeah. just gets wiped out by that telephone pole. I just it just goes down the side of it, and then I blast right into the fence. That was surrounding, it was the CYO field. CYO field was a giant football field. Right. And so I don't recall having my seatbelt on, so my head goes blasting into the windshield. And I have a I have a cut go across my head, and I have a concussion. And uh-huh. extra, how do you say, it? I got myself out of the vehicle. I'm stumbling around. And then I could see out in the middle of the football field taillights. So I'm able to get through the fence where my suspect in the red Trans Am blasted through the fence at 100 miles an hour. And I noticed there was a great big dirt mound. And what had happened was they were making, they were transforming this football field into a soccer field for the upcoming Pan Am games that was going to be like in 1987. Okay. And they they built unknowingly a giant Bow and Luke Duke exit ramp. <laughs> Just made perfect for this trans. It was made perfect. This dude went flying through the air in this Pontiac into the you know he this was like in the back of the where the end zone would be where the hill was where he went blasting through. Okay, he was like in the middle of the field. Whoa, and so. Through my concussive brain fog, I'm kind of determining what's going on. I think, okay, there's a car, and it's still running. The doors aren't open, so the suspect's still in there. And I go staggering up there because I really can't run because I got a concussion. I'm just kind of like staggering like a drunk, but I'm not drunk. But that's the way it appears. Yes. And as close as I get to the car, the driver's side door opens up. The suspect falls out onto the ground. And I'm like, holy shit, there he is. And then he just kind of 
turned over and was sitting down and he looked at me and goes, holy shit, did you see that? And I go, I sure did. You went about 30 yards in the air, I think. He goes, more like 50. And he looked at me, you can see the blood. He's just sitting there and he's got a concussion. He looks at me, he goes, man, are you okay? I go, I think so. Are you okay? He goes, I think so. And I just wandered up on him and just sat right down next to him. Because <laughs> we both... There was no, let me see your hands. Give me on. No, Kurt, we just sat next to each other, looking at each other. Like, he's like, I can't believe I did that. I said, I can't believe he flew in the air like that. He goes, I know. It was amazing. <laughs> and I'm like, I, I said, and look, you're buried all the way up to the tires. He goes, I flew 50 yards. And then I had put out, you know, the chase and everybody was coming that way. Your backup, they're coming from everywhere. Right. So I could hear all the I could hear all the 354 barrels of our, our Chevy and Palace wah, 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 coming oh. in. And they 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 see my car because the red lights are still going like woo, woo, woo. But my whole car's <laughs> wiped out. Right. And then they could see us in the middle of the field and they're able to get through the part of the fence that the car's uh thief suspect okay. destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> and they come running they come running up and they got steam coming out of their ears because they see me all covered in blood and i'm like oh hold on fellas rain it in everything's okay we're both fine and he go and he and, he, and then they looked at the guy and they go did you fly all that way off that ram because i sh i sure did and they're like damn let's get this guy and i guess this guy an ambulance so we get him up, get him brushed off, ambulance, me, wipe my face off. And I guess what? I go back to work. You didn't know about concussions. You didn't think about concussions back then. You just, you know, the blood off. And kept you wipe the blood off. That is and then I, I, I started doing, I started doing my report yeah. and everybody was like, they weren't mad. Nobody was mad anymore because they knew it was okay. And they couldn't, everybody couldn't believe what we just saw. You know, we just saw Evil Knievel take a Trans Am 100 miles an hour and, and fly yeah. over the CYO field like and, and land River in Canyon. the middle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Snake River Canyon. Yeah. That's exactly <laughs> what it, that's exactly what it was. And I I will just never forget them taillights levitating up in the air and me trying to figure out now. I'm I was trying to de discern now, how can that be flying through the air? And then I clear the smoke and debris and I've got a uh, telephone pole coming up 3D into my windshield real fast, and I had to advert that or possibly so did, be killed. Did you think when those taillights were going up, I mean, what would you think? It was getting teleported up into a spaceship or something? What, what well, well, okay. did you think was happening? No, no, I wasn't thinking body probe. I was thinking that <laughs> there was, you know, is there a giant hill there that I have missed for the last eight months of patrolling this area? I mean, what is going on? And then, boom, you got you got to avoid a telephone pole with about less than 10, 20 feet. Well, and I'm, glad, I'm glad you didn't hit it head on. That could have ended up uh, a lot worse for you there, Super E. Yeah, and the worst part of it was, back then, if you had an accident, you had to go to a review board, accident review board of your peers. Right. And I had six dudes sitting there looking at me, judging me on what I did. And they were all police officers, and they had all done it before, too, you know, car chases and stuff. And they're looking at me like, well, didn't you know that telephone pole was there? Well, no, not at the time when I'm going, like, first 70 miles an hour, then 40 miles an hour, and then I'm covered in gravel, dirt, and smoke. 
Yeah. No, I didn't know that the telephone book. Come. Well, we think that uh, you should have known that. So I think I got some sort of like points or no, I don't think I got a day. Sus- no, I did get a day suspension. Yeah. And really? I was pretty pissed about it. Yeah. That is bullshit. Exactly. You're after doing your job, man. I know. But, you know, it is it is what it is. It is. So, what it is. And then another Bo and Luke incident, I remember. Another one? There was another one. And this this time, this was when I started working in Vice with Sergeant D and RJ. We would put Sergeant D on the street. Uh, She'd pretend to be the prostitute. And she was on the main drag called the hot dog stand by the prostitute. And she would attract a lot of attention. Sergeant D was pretty. Yes. Very attractive and yeah, the, I mean, cars would crash into each other trying to get to her. Right. So we put her out right at the corner of a, a street, Tacoma, that ran into the main drag. And there was an, uh, a closed bank lot there. And she would stay, you know, she would stand there and guys would pull into that bank lot. And me and RJ would be sitting north, like about, you know, 25. There, and they would, they'd be so focused on her, they wouldn't even pay attention to us. And they start talking to her in that parking lot right. as they sat in the car. Well, we're sitting there watching her, and all I could hear this uh, about 76 Olds Cutlass come rumbling up. And you could tell that he had modified the engine, had the dual exhaust on it, and it was it was a real nice maroon color. I'd said, man, that's a good-looking 76. I think, yeah, 76 Olds of Bill Cutlass. He yeah. comes pulling into the parking lot. And then I could see the driver. He was a greasy-haired long-haired bearded guy looked like me except my hair wasn't greasy but you could just tell instantly he just didn't give a shit yeah and he was a big dude okay. he was probably this way sitting in the car i, I could tell you it's between six four and six six uh-huh. so he pulls up and he's talking to sergeant d and uh they were talking a little bit and then she gave the signal hey i've got an arrest So we are now driving our brand new 1989 Chevy Lumina. Now people might not remember them because they came and went. Yes. But we, we, we thought, man, this is a brand new car, you know, didn't smell like, you know, uh, feet and butt crack. (laughs) And we're like, man, we had it for like 20 minutes. We drove it out, drove straight to where Sergeant D was going to stand. So we had it 20 minutes. So, RJ was driving. He pulls up, he pulls into the parking lot and kind of didn't block the guy, but was parked uh, facing southbound uh, about 10 feet behind the guy's cutlass. And the guy was, he was facing um, east and west. Okay. So we get out of the car and RJ was, RJ was real uh, calm about it. We just walked up. And as I was walking up, Sergeant D was real concerned. She goes, be careful guys. I think, crazy and uh he offered me cocaine for a head he's going to pay me in cocaine we're like "Uh uh-oh now you know this guy's fucked up on cocaine Mm -hmm. which makes people very energetic and very lunatic and so uh rj walks up to him and he's trying to keep the conversation calm he's like hey dude we're just doing a a vice investigation here this is actually uh, a police woman that you're talking to that he's going to pay money for sex you can't do that. We need you to step out and turn off your car and step out. 
and RJ was trying to be real soothingly talking to him. The guy was looking at RJ with the I don't give a fuck what you're saying attitude and was slowly rolling his power window up to Uh where it shut. Uh And he was just looking right at RJ. And then he turned on that cutlass. And when them them, uh, dual exhaust, we knew we were in trouble, drops it in (laughs) reverse and starts to hit the gas. And RJ tried to rack out that driver's window and all his uh with his big mag light you know it's yeah. a big heavy flat and that guy stomped on the accelerator reverse and smacked a uh, brand new logan i'm like uh, you son of a bitch it was like at the you know it's like the the they smashed the shit out of it and then he took off to go to the main drag to turn left because he was getting hell out of there and when i saw what he did to our car i was so mad i'm like you son of a bitch and i ran after him i don't know why I had my handcuffs in my hand because I thought we was going to cuff him if it went normal. Okay. And I, I was so mad. I just threw the handcuffs at his car. And this is back. You know, I was a young man, 28. I had a little strength in my shoulders so I could zip some handcuffs. <laughs> but but yeah. they hit the ground right by his driver door. And Those handcuffs. Okay. Hit the hit driver's door. Yeah. And it sounded like a gunshot, and he, he then also he looked like shit. So he stomps the gas, okay. and just busts through the traffic. Okay. And he turned he turned left, and he was going like a hundred miles an hour. Okay. On a busy road at rush hour. Right. And so we get on the radio, and we sit there and go, "Hey, we're in pursuit. Yeah. 1976 Olds Cutlass Red going a hundred miles an hour east on the hot dog stand." 40 and uh the uniform guys in that area they were always johnny on the spot especially one guy named jim and when we said hey this guy's turning north and he's heading northbound he got right in behind we could see he got right in behind him after a couple of blocks now we're trying to keep up with this big 354 barrel that's been hopped up in our little six-cylinder aluminum you know where he's going wah, wah, wah. we're going eh, eh, eh. and so we could we could still see him but then Jim gets behind him in his police car and he's right on him. And then we go about 20 blocks. I mean, they're going 100 miles an hour, 20 blocks. And they get to a point, railroad tracks. And like the previous story, like where they made the dirt mound that turned into yeah. a ramp. Yeah. This was the Bo and Luke Duke uh, railroad crossing where the road as it came feet up in the air. And it was the perfect launching point. If if you're trying to escape Sheriff Roscoe P. Crow train, this is where you would go. So we could see him going, and then he hit that uh, railroad crossing there, and he went flying through the air, just like the other one. And uh, Jim was smart enough to slow down so he didn't take it and get airborne like this guy. Uh-huh. And there was another policeman on the other side of that railroad crossing that was waiting because he was going to pick pursuit. And he was go- thought he was going to maybe do a, like a little bit of a blockade there with his car. Uh-huh. But he told me later, he goes, I heard they were coming northbound right at the railroad crossing. And I again, he said, I could hear the that four barrel opening. Wah, wah, wah. And then all of a sudden I heard whoosh. And he watched as a suspect in the cutlass just flew over his car through the air, banged to the asphalt, shot off the asphalt, and was sitting in the dirt that led up to uh, I-70. 
And then the car finally came to a rest after bouncing and it was muddy and it was buried deep. And the suspect, he could barely get his car door open. He was buried so deep. And he was able to force that door open. He gets out and he starts running towards Interstate 70. Yeah. Well, this time, Officer Jim is right on him in the car, and he chases after him in the car as the guy's on foot, but the guy's running fast, and he has to, you know, to get up onto the highway, you've got to run up a giant hill. And okay. so, and Jim takes him all the way up to the hill, and then Jim gets out of his car and chases the guy across 70 eastbound through traffic, and then they get over to I-70 westbound, and they start fighting. The suspect okay. starts fighting Jim. Now, Jim's a big guy, too. He's six four, six five, and yeah. he's strong as an ox. So they start duking it out in the middle of the highway. Well, a semi's got to lock it up to avoid splatting both of them. Oh. So the semi's able to avoid them, and they highway in their fight, and they hit the guardrail, fall eight to ten feet to the ground, and land on the ground. And Jim is able is able to get the get the better of him, but it's he can't control him. So he gets up there, it takes all of us to get this guy controlled because a guy this size, I don't care if you, I don't care if you're Bruce Lee or Muhammad Ali, yeah. you're not going to get you're not going to get this one guy under control by yourself. So it took like about seven or eight of us, right? And we find we we finally get him uh, under control and are able to get him off into the uh, wagon and I was in shock that officer Jim, he really didn't have any injuries. I said, he's like Superman. He almost gets run over by a semi falls 10 feet to the ground, fighting with the guy six foot six. And he doesn't look any, he doesn't look any worse for wear. And then we go down, we got to go down to get this guy's car out of the mud. A train, that car was so deep in the mud. The wrecker could barely get it out of there. Really? I mean, and then when the other officer who was just north of the railroad tracks said all he saw was that thing fly through the air over him. I mean, I, mean, is, I was just amazed. That is total. That's the General Lee flying through the air. That, that was the general. Yeah. And 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 the, the guy and the driver, you know, he was able to get up and take off running like a deer. But, you know, because yeah. you generally suspects for freedom to avoid jail they turn into usain bolt and are just gone right and plus he might have had a little of that cocaine in him might yeah have, i forgot about that part helped. the cocaine fueling his system to get away uh, yeah well you know what okay those are two fantastic stories I agree those were those were great chase stories i hope it uh, made our listener happy uh, okay bye all right take care